tonight, the U.S. closing down its embassy in Ukraine's capital as the Pentagon says Russia could invade with little or no warning. The U.S. moving embassy personnel out of Kiev and further away from Russia's forces perched on the Ukraine border. Does the U.S. have any options left to de-escalate the crisis? Also tonight, Canada's Prime Minister invoking rarely used emergency powers to crack down on protests causing chaos at the U.S. border and 11 people arrested at a border blockade, the weapons arsenal they allegedly had. The plane disappearing off the North Carolina coast. Eight people on board, including several friends from one high school. Opening statements in the hate crimes trial for the three men convicted of murdering Ahmad Arbery. The question before the jury, was race a factor? News on the longtime accounting firm for the Trump Organization, why it's decided to cut ties. And our NBC News exclusive, the billionaire leading historic SpaceX flights to go further into space than any human in 50 years. This is NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. Good evening, everyone. The world is holding its collective breath tonight over whether and when Russian troops will advance against Ukraine. A sense of inevitability creeping in tonight as the U.S. closes its embassy and begins relocating staffers out of the Ukrainian capital. President Biden tonight and President Putin unable to reach agreement after their weekend phone call. Yet some paths of diplomacy remain open tonight. The White House sticking with imprecise and ominous characterizations, saying the window for invasion is open and that it could happen at any time. Many Ukrainians, including their president, offering a brave front as what the U.S. believes to be 130,000 Russian troops menace from several directions across its border. Our Richard Engel is there. With diplomacy going nowhere, this is not a good sign. Russian troops in Belarus practicing urban combat. U.S. officials say this week is critical, declaring Russia is now able to attack with little or no warning. So the U.S. is now moving its embassy personnel out of the capital to western Ukraine, a move criticized by Ukraine's President Zelensky, suggesting it showed weakness. And tonight Zelensky was dismissive of U.S. intelligence that Russia could soon invade, which he says causes panic. They tell us February 16th will be the day of the attack. We will make this a day of unity, he said. His aides later said he was referring to recent media reports. Meanwhile, Ukraine's ambassador to the UK is walking back comments that Ukraine might forego its bid to join NATO, a key Russian demand. This weekend, President Biden spoke with President Putin. No breakthroughs. Today, Russia's foreign minister met the Russian president at the end of yet another long table, telling him there's still room for diplomacy. Putin, in a tight COVID bubble, has met leaders at what seems like social distance plus. Russia says it won't invade, but in Ukraine, some families are getting ready for war. Training to handle an AK-47 is Valentina Konstantinovskaya, a 79-year-old retired accountant and a great-grandmother.
Do you think you would actually be doing this? Yes, if Putin will come, I should be able to shoot, she says. The Kremlin says it's still open to diplomacy and has a 10-page document ready to discuss. U.S. officials say they, too, are open to diplomacy. But U.S. officials I'm speaking to say they're confident some Russian military action is coming. Lester. Richard, thank you. And on that note, the U.S. is gearing up for more high-profile talks in Europe. Kelly O'Donnell is at the White House. And Kelly, is there a sense diplomacy can still make a difference at this point? Well, Lester, White House officials are concerned the time is running short, but they say there are still diplomatic avenues worth pursuing, and two key players are on their way. This week, the vice president is scheduled to visit Munich, and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is headed to NATO headquarters, Poland and Lithuania, to reassure allies. Those are high-stakes trips. But what won't be happening, Ukraine's leader Zelensky asked President Biden to visit this week. Officials say with American diplomatic and military resources pulling back, President Biden will not be going there himself. That's a non-starter now. Lester? All right, Kelly, thank you. Canada's prime minister declared a national emergency late today in an effort to break up those anti-vaccine protests by truckers that shut down part of the border. Gabe Gutierrez now with late details. Freedom! So-called freedom convoys protesting COVID restrictions have been bubbling for weeks. But now police in Western Canada have arrested 11 people and seized guns, body armor, and a large quantity of ammunition at a border blockade. Late today, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau invoked rarely used emergency powers. These blockades are illegal, and if you're still participating, the time to go home is now. Over the weekend, the Ambassador Bridge connecting Detroit and Windsor reopened after protesters had blocked it, clogging the supply chain for U.S. automakers. But similar demonstrations have started popping up around the world, from New Zealand to France to Israel. In the U.S., they're being embraced by some conservative politicians. But I hope the truckers do come to America. I hope they clog up cities. But disinformation is flourishing. Facebook officials tell NBC News that some of the groups that have promoted American trucker convoys are being run by fake accounts tied to content mills in Vietnam, Bangladesh, and Romania. Extremist researchers are also warning that many anti-vaccine and conspiracy-driven communities in the U.S. are quickly pivoting to promote disruptive convoys. These groups are using these trucker convoys specifically to push their anti-vaccine messages. It sort of worked in Canada, and they're going to see if it can work in the United States. U.S. federal authorities have been monitoring the possibility of convoys disrupting the Super Bowl. That did not happen. Online groups are now discussing the potential for another date for road closures across the U.S., March 5th. Lester? Gabe Gutierrez, thank you. Off the coast of North Carolina, an intense search tonight after a single-engine plane carrying eight people went down in the Atlantic. Four of those on board were teenagers. Morgan Chesky now with the latest. Tonight, first responders converging near the outer banks of North Carolina after a weekend flight took a tragic turn. 
Officials say a private plane with eight people on board went down over the water late Sunday near the small town of Atlantic. The plane, a single-engine Pilatus PC-12. Family members of those on board say its owner was flying a group of kids and parents for a special one-day duck hunt. Among those, friends Cole McInnes, Daly Shepard, Jake Taylor, and Noah Styron. We have no indication that anyone survived the crash. Photos capture the group celebrating a fun weekend before leaving for the trip back home. The flight's return path last seen on radar by an air traffic controller at Marine Corps Air Station Cherry Point, who shared the aircraft was seen behaving erratically, then disappeared from the radar screen. The Coast Guard immediately launched rescue crews both on the water and in the air. Tonight, this message from the high school now missing four of its own. Prayers for our students and the families of these individuals. We will get through this together. And tonight, the Coast Guards confirmed that in addition to recovering pieces of that plane, they've also found the body of one of those eight people on board. Officials stressing the search is still very much ongoing to find those remaining seven. Lester. All right, Morgan Chesky, thank you. Just developing tonight new financial questions involving the Trump Organization raised by the company's own accounting firm. Hallie Jackson joins us now. Hallie, what is the company saying? Well, Lester, the company's longtime accounting firm is now cutting ties with the Trump Organization, saying the financial statements it prepared for almost a decade can no longer be viewed as reliable. That paperwork is at the center of investigations into whether the former president's company broke the law by inflating its assets. The accounting firm, Mazars USA, also says the documents as a whole don't show material discrepancies which the Trump Organization is taking as vindication tonight in a statement claiming this renders the investigations against it moot. But experts say getting a letter like this is highly unusual and could suggest significant issues with those financial statements. Lester. Hallie Jackson, thank you. In Brunswick, Georgia today, the issue was race. Did three men convicted of murdering Ahmaud Arbery do so because he was black? It's the central question as their federal hate crimes trial got underway. Here's Blaine Alexander. Justice! It's the case that helped launch a wave of protests over racial injustice. Tonight, a Georgia jury must decide whether the three men convicted of chasing down and killing Ahmaud Arbery did so because he was black. Gregory and Travis McMichael, along with William Roddy Bryan, have already been found guilty of murder in a state trial, sentenced to life in prison. But the federal trial examines motive and whether race played a role. In opening statements, prosecutors say the men made decisions about Arbery because of the color of his skin. Prosecutors say text and social media messages will show the men used racist slurs and rants when referring to black people. Pointing out one instance where Travis McMichael allegedly said this while telling a friend about a new job. Zero expletives work with me. They ruin everything. That's why I love what I do now. Not an expletive in sight. Defense attorneys countered, saying their clients chased Arbery because he was seen on video inside a house under construction, not because he was black. Hate crimes are designed to punish an evil motive. But the challenge is it's really difficult to prove what someone's motive was when they committed a crime. 
Arbery's name was at the heart of racial protests in 2020, along with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. But this trial marks the first time race has been at the forefront of the legal proceedings. And the judge says the trial could last as long as 12 days. The first witness will be called tomorrow at 9 a.m. Lester. Blaine Alexander, thank you. In just 60 seconds, the next chapter in civilian space travel will have exclusive new details. Back now with an NBC News exclusive, the billionaire private astronaut headed back to space and promising to take his crew closer to the moon than anyone since the last Apollo mission 50 years ago. Here's Tom Costello. Five months after becoming the first all-civilian commercial astronauts on a multi-day orbit around the Earth. Welcome everybody to Crew Dragon Resilience. Jared Isaacman, the billionaire who paid for that trip and helped raise a massive $240 million for St. Jude Children's Hospital, is going back, paying for another three missions as part of a new SpaceX program dubbed Polaris. The first flight, Polaris Dawn, set to break records late this year. We're going to go farther into space than, than humans have gone since we've last walked on the moon. We're going to test out a new spacesuit, which includes uh, an EVA or spacewalk. The first commercial astronaut spacewalk, 310 miles above the Earth, elevating the St. Jude fundraising efforts and planning to use the new SpaceX satellite network to reach pediatric cancer patients anywhere in the world. So maybe the families that are out there that don't even realize they need the help of a St. Jude can, can get the benefit of, of their research and science. Isaacman, an accomplished pilot, will run experiments with three crew members, former fighter pilot Scott Potit, SpaceX engineer Sarah Gillis, and medical officer Anna Menon. You know, I think it's natural to have some butterflies, but I, I deeply have faith in the SpaceX team. And Isaacman has been named the first commander of Elon Musk's Starship, built to one day fly to the moon and eventually Mars. But critics question spending so much money on private space trips. Why spend your money to go back to space? Why not spend your money on helping people on planet Earth? It comes right back to the theme of we can make progress for tomorrow um, without ignoring some of the hardships of today. I've signed the giving pledge. I, I will give away the majority of my wealth. A pledge to expand both commercial space exploration and St. Jude's life-saving mission on Earth. Tom Costello, NBC News, Washington. Up next, the effort to restore a historic getaway for African Americans to its original grandeur. In honor of Black History Month, we want to share a story with you tonight about a vital effort to preserve the past. A couple leading the charge to restore a resort town that was once a paradise for many African Americans. Megan Fitzgerald takes us there. Tucked away in the forest of northern Michigan is a place known as Black Eden. This was our place of refuge and relaxation. This is Idlewild a summer resort town built in the 1920s. It was one of the few places where black people could own property. Blair Evans and Susan Matus live here year round. Oh, a lot of people appreciated coming to Idlewild in a one sense because you escape from the oppression of being black, but in another sense because you could be authentically black. 
Here, they could swim, ride horses, and be entertained. It was a reprieve from segregation and the horrors that came with being black in America. But when the Civil Rights Act of 1964 was signed, things changed. Integration did a lot to damage Idlewild. Black people deserted Idlewild because then other places opened up and we could go any place. Marilyn Atkins built this cottage with her dad when she was nine years old. And here's my dad. They came every summer, passing the tradition to her daughter and grandson. Idlewild is a tremendous source of pride and it anchors us in our history and culture. A culture that shifted. Idlewild isn't what it once was. Less people live and vacation here. But now, this one is our sweet. A renewed effort to bring it back, partially led by Blair and Susan, who are on a mission to inspire black families to buy property and plant roots. Well, some of the younger folks are thinking about well, what would it mean to reinvent that for the next three generations. Hey, Danny! The couple hosting year round events to attract tourists. Even some students pitching in, helping to restore this nightclub. Idlewild was a safe place for some of the biggest names in entertainment to perform, like Louis Armstrong to Sammy Davis Jr., Della Reese, and the Four Tops. Makes me feel pretty accomplished because of all the historical figures that have stepped foot in this very place right now. A new generation remembering the resilience of the past and inspired to build towards the future. We recognize that our ancestors, they laid the ground for us, and now it's time for us to take the baton to help carry this on. Megan Fitzgerald, NBC News, Idlewild, Michigan. That's nightly news for this Monday. Thanks for watching. I'm Lester Holt. Audio Jungle. register with the SEC a few years back. Yeah, hey Emily, thanks for having me on. Um, so I wanted to give folks just a little bit of background before answering that question directly. BlockFi is a four and a half year old company based in the US with a team of over 850 people. We provide financial services to crypto market participants, including retail investors and institutional firms. On the retail side of our platform, we have more than a million clients and a suite of products that includes the interest account product, which is you know kind of in question with this settlement, uh, a credit card product with Bitcoin rewards, cryptocurrency trading, crypto-backed loans, a crypto wallet, and a personalized yield offering for high net worth individuals. Uh, on the institutional side of our platform, we operate BlockFi Prime, which provides bespoke lending and trade execution to more than 350 institutional firms. So the settlement today is related just to our interest account product, which is one of the most popular products we have because it offers folks a high yield on cryptocurrencies and stable coins, 
At a time where inflation is running high and yields is hard to come by. Consumers around the globe have benefited tremendously from this product, which has paid out over 700 million in interest to BlockFi clients to date. And the fundamental so, question that prompted the right. settlement is whether or not it's a security and our objective, Emily, was to find a path for us to keep offering this to as many clients as we possibly can. And we think that's what we've achieved here. And I don't know that it necessarily would have been an option, you know, when we launched the interest account uh, around three years ago in 2019. Okay, but we knew that the SEC was concerned about some of these lending products. We saw Coinbase cancel their lending product because of SEC scrutiny. So why not do this earlier? Yeah, well, this issue, you know, we, we were working on, you know, regulatory questions and we've always been heavily focused on you know compliance at BlockFi. we've paved the trail with other products like our crypto backed loans in terms of finding regulatory regulatory constructs that work for them um this issue really came to a head for us about seven months ago um and like i said our focus was on protecting our clients ability to uh to earn interest and in finding a regulatory construct under which we could do that. So, you know, I'd highlight two key things from the settlement. One, it's a neither admit nor deny settlement and that we cooperated with regulators throughout. And two, that the settlement very clearly lays out a path to registration of a crypto interest bearing security, which we believe will be a win not only for BlockFi, but also for the broader cryptocurrency industry because of the clarity that it brings. Now, SEC Commissioner Hester Pierce, who's known for being more crypto friendly, thought that this $100 million fine was disproportionate. She says rather than forcing transparency around retail crypto lending products, today's settlement may stop them from being offered to retail customers in the United States. What's your reaction to that? Well, look, I, I can't comment on uh, you know, anyone at the commission's specific statements or, or the commission's, you know, rationale behind the, the size of the, you know, settlement amount in terms of the fine. But I can say that BlockFi is in the fortunate financial position of being able to manage this settlement with zero impact to client funds and to continue investing and in growing our team and platform. We have a ton of open roles that we're actively recruiting for. We have a lot of new product developments planned for later on this year, on top of the two new products that we already launched so far this year, and on top of the uh, Bitcoin Rewards credit card product, which we, which we launched last summer. This S1 to register a new lending product, what will the new lending product look like? If the current product you feel is so successful, how will this be different? Uh, it, it'll be different in terms of, uh, you know, the type and frequency of reporting and information that's provided to consumers, you know, so BlockFi has, uh, you know, tried to be a leader in uh, transparency and disclosures which we've done through a, a variety of mechanisms since we launched the interest account. But by registering, we'll be, you know, participating in a, in a standard that, you know, folks are very familiar with. Uh, we'll be subjecting 
uh, ourselves to you know quarterly reporting of audited financials and other key metrics in terms of uh, what's happening on the platform and what risks exist within the product. And so, you know, it's really a, it's really a change in terms of those disclosures, in terms of the structure, and in terms of the, the regulatory clarity around, you know, what exactly is this product? And, and in fact, I think that there will be some really interesting opportunities created for greater adoption of the product when it's you know officially defined and, and approved as a security. So what is the signal to some of your competitors? I mean, do you expect folks like Coinbase will will follow suit here, given that clearly they wanted to have a lending product like this as well? Yeah, I mean we're we're definitely blazing a, a path that you know I would fully expect others to follow. Uh, you know, ultimately, the cryptocurrency industry is, you know, still relatively early in its in its development. In my view, I think we have a long way to go and a lot of upside from here. And I think that competition uh, is great for consumers. Um, competition helps drive adoption. It helps, you know, it helps drive pricing uh, efficiencies. And you know, we we embrace and encourage competition. So. Uh, I think that we're blazing a path that, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say anyone in particular, but that that hopefully quite a few folks will will follow. Curious what you're hearing from customers. Are customers concerned, especially customers that have this lending product as it is? Well, well first, in, in terms of the customer impact, let's be clear about one thing. This settlement does not impact our existing clients' ability to earn interest. So for folks that have a BlockFi interest account, they will continue earning interest as they already as they always have. Uh, additionally, if you're someone that is thinking about becoming a new client of BlockFi, you can still access five out of the six retail-facing products on our platform. Trading, credit card, loans, BlockFi wallet, and personalized yield are all still available uh, to new clients. Um, okay. But you know, our clients have been asking questions like, how long is the registration process gonna take? Is this gonna have an impact on the rates or the insurance? Um, and some of those things we can uh, talk about now, others will you know, come out in due course as we uh, proceed with uh, the steps in registration. So what's your message to new and prospective customers, you know, when clearly we're seeing regulation take some time to catch up to innovation, if that's what you want to call it, or new technology? And that leads to a lot of uncertainty, you know, uh, ahead, whether it's this product or another. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the cryptocurrency, the industry, writ large is at a stage today where it's becoming part of the national political dialogue. There's an increasing amount of work being done by regulators in the industry to help create clarity. Uh, you know, what I would say to consumers is that um, our view on this should be that we want the U.S. to be a leader in this exciting high growth technology sector. We want the largest companies built in this industry to be based here in the U.S because it's great for our domestic economy and also helps promote our leadership and soft power across the globe, including the dollar standing as the global reserve currency. 
So you should understand these issues. You should educate yourself on what's happening in this market. Uh, and, and I would hope that, you know, a lot of folks when we're going into midterm elections or, you know, just having conversations around the dinner table uh, will help talk about these things in, a, in an educated uh, format. The fundamental objectives of the SEC around things like protecting investors and promoting capital markets are things that BlockFi is incredibly supportive of. Um, and this right. settlement for us is another example of us helping push forward the industry by working with regulators to help facilitate clarity. I gotta say, I was one of the people who clicked on the QR code and went <laughs> to the Coinbase the website. So it worked with me and here we are talking about it, but is that success or not? Yeah, well, it's interesting to think about what happened there. You have the chief product officer over at Coinbase saying that they had the most traffic that they ever had. And you're seeing it in the numbers when it comes to Coinbase. They are rising. They have risen very far up in the App Store for Apple, up to number two. In fact, Emily, you can't see another crypto company, another crypto exchange in the top five, let alone the top 10 or the top 20, if you don't cash the, count the cash app for the Apple App Store. So in that way, it is a success. But with all of that said, you are not seeing a surge in Bitcoin prices that go along with all of these new potential users. You have Coinbase giving away $15 to new users, millions to existing customers as gratitude, but Bitcoin prices itself as a result of all of these promotions plus these other exchanges has not risen even a thousand dollars over the last couple of days even with a little bit of a decline the last couple of days so what does this all mean at the end what does it mean for these companies these customer acquisition costs moving forward might get difficult and if you look at companies like Coinbase, like SoFi even, that hosted the Super Bowl, now trading stocks, now trading crypto, along with eToro as well. SoFi and Coinbase are actually down more than 20% on the year when you look at their stocks in US trading. So it will be interesting to see whether this translates into a business model, let alone just uh, popularity online. All right, Shanali, hang with us. I want to dig into this crypto ad takeover and the merits of it or not with Kraken CEO Jesse Powell. Kraken skipped the crypto ad bonanza on Sunday. Jesse, great to have you back with us. So why didn't you do a Super Bowl ad? I mean, everyone else did. Um, you know, sometimes it's nice to be second and, and, and see what happens to all the guys who want to run out there first. You know, I think the um, the customer acquisition costs that some of these guys are paying, um, you know, buying these stadiums, um, buying these sports teams. Uh, I'm a bit skeptical that this is going to play out in the long term um, as, a, as a positive investment. You know, I think this is really a marathon. I don't think... You know, I think at any given time, there are only so many people interested in coming into the crypto space. And I think, you know, spending thousands of dollars for for per user acquisition um, is definitely not going to be sustainable. So, um, you know, we don't have to be first at, at everything. You know, we just kind of 
we want to be best, the best at what we do, and we want to have you know a long-term sustainable business. It's not just about making a flash in the pan, um, you know, for our investors, for employees. Uh, you know, we're we're here running a business, not a popularity contest. But is this a good strategy for the overall crypto space? Do you think this will bring in a lot of new owners, or does it just oversaturate, overhype things? It's a great question, you know, and, and I think it'll be great to see. Maybe we'll find out in the um, in the public reports uh, from Coinbase, you know, what what this proved out to do for them. Was it more than just getting a bunch of visitors to your website? Um, did it did it actually translate into uh, revenue at the end of the day? Um, you know, I think that's yet to be seen, and we'll be watching closely, and, and hopefully, we'll get some some indication as to whether these campaigns were successful. Jesse, I'm really curious about the winning strategy here because you're seeing firms like FTX that expand further into the stock market in addition to crypto. You see firms like them and others look to provide more, and Coinbase really provide more access to institutional investors where the ticket size is so much bigger than the retail investor in a purchase of any Bitcoin. So for you, what is the way to go in terms of building a bigger business? We're really focused on the consumer segment right now. You know, historically, uh, the company is almost 11 years old now, um, but we were historically focused on the institutional segment, on the professional trader segment, and only in the last year have we started to focus on consumer. And yes, the check sizes are bigger for institutions. Uh, however, they're also much more price sensitive. You know, they're sensitive to the fees. So, and there are fewer of them. So I don't think that you necessarily get to a bigger business um, just by serving that demographic. You know, if you just look at um, the valuation of a PayPal versus CME Group or a NASDAQ, you know, PayPal has, has is multiple times bigger than those. And it's because of the consumer focus and the global focus. And so, um, you know, that's the direction we're headed. I think there's a bigger business there. Um, there's more room for, for brand identity there and brand loyalty. And um, I think the focus on institutional, while it might seem attractive in the short term, I think there's a cap to that business. And I think that those, those um, clients are not necessarily loyal. You know, they might be loyal to, to where they get the lowest fees. Uh, and, and the lowest fees, you know, are, are your revenue. So um, from a business perspective, you know, I think it makes sense, at least for us, to focus more on the consumer business while we still continue to serve the in, uh, institutional business, um, our focus, you know, and that's where our roots are, but our focus today is on consumer. Curious what your thoughts are on this BlockFi $100 million penalty and how it's impacting your regulatory approach. I know you recently tweeted that you're hiring 30 lawyers who are probably going to be pretty busy. Yeah, absolutely. And Marco said, you know, we would hire up to 60. Uh, you know, it's a great time to be a lawyer. Um, the, the crypto industry broadly you know, has a lot of 
unanswered questions, and um, I think that'll continue to be the case for a long time as as things shape up globally. Um, in terms of our business, you know, we have a banking license in Wyoming, um, so you know we, we might have a bit of a different um, approach to to the lending business in the future. But um, you know, I think it it kind of confirms kind of the the suspicions that we've had. A, all along about this model um, is that, you know, we weren't totally sure that this was going to survive regulatory scrutiny. And it sounds like it hasn't in the United States, uh, which is one of the reasons why we pursued the banking license in the first place, which we feel like would allow us to do um, some of these things that maybe BlockFi is not able to do now in the United States with uh, cons consumers. You know, I'm curious, there's what you do with regulators and there's what you do on your own and in an independent audit, the idea of proof of reserves. How does this start to change the landscape for consumers and consumer protection? And what is it really doing uh, to prove what's there for the underlying assets? Yeah, so we recently completed a proof of reserves audit. It's the second in our company's history. We pioneered this process about seven years ago uh, when we did the first one in the industry. And since then, there have been other companies that have done it, but we're, we're by far the largest venue to have done this in recent history. And what it does is allows the users to, to confirm for themselves through cryptography that we actually control the coins that that we say we do, you know, that we hold for them, that that you know, they can prove cryptographically that in a quote unquote like bank run type scenario, you know, where if everyone came for their withdrawals at the same time, that we would be able to serve those withdrawals. Um, so, you know, I think we've seen over over history, there's been tens of billions of dollars of funds stolen or lost or misappropriated um, somehow in the crypto space. And, you know, this is something that's just unprecedented in traditional finance. You don't have this level of transparency. Uh, the regulators aren't even mandating this stuff of banks. You know, you never know if you go to the bank, if they're going to be able to process your withdrawal or not. You know, I've, I've had uh, experiences myself where I go to the bank and ask for some amount of cash and they say, well, you're going to have to come back in a few days because we don't have that cash. So, you know, this is something that that is above and beyond what any traditional financial institution can offer. And it's something that the crypto industry is doing for itself. And I, I think it sets a great example for the world and for regulators and for law enforcement who are worried about uh, these situations of, of insolvency that um, this industry can control for these things and it can self-regulate. And um, this sets a new bar, I hope, that you know, regulators will start to look at and, and start to apply you know, the, the scrutiny that they have of the crypto industry back on the traditional finance industry, which is not offering these kinds of tools or transparency. I noticed, Jesse, that you are promoting crypto for Valentine's Day, and I'm curious why you think that's a way to show your loved one that you care, given the volatility of the market. I mean, can we really count on Bitcoin right now, especially where it's at 
in the moment. Look, I think diamonds are just losing value every day. So, you know, you're, you're, you would be much better off giving your partner some Bitcoin today and having them hold on to that for the for the next 20 years than you would be giving them a diamond, you know, which are being created in labs these days. Uh, that cannot happen with Bitcoin. You know, there's a finite supply. Um, you know, I'm very bullish on the currency long term and the prospects uh, of the entire industry. So, you know, I think it's a fantastic gift. It brings someone into the space. And, um, you know, Bitcoin is more is more than price speculation. It's solving real world problems, you know, like we're seeing in Canada where you have um, fundraisers being shut down by the government or be, by centralized um, fundraising platforms. And Bitcoin is is circumventing that and getting around that and getting money directly to the people. So, you know, I think it's a vote for freedom and um, it's a representation of true love if you give someone Bitcoin. <laughs> Jesse, well, you know, I know I, beyond what it means, I am curious about the price here because anybody who loved Bitcoin last year at 60,000 or so uh, was still thinking it could possibly get to 100K. I know you thought so at 1.2. How fast do we get there again? For sure, I've well, still got my Lambo time, yeah. reservation uh, on hold. <laughs> I'm hoping to get one with air conditioning. Uh, so, you know, I think I'm still bullish on the price. You know, I, I, I think, yeah, a lot of us thought that, that we were going to get over $100,000 last year. Um, but, you know, you can't predict these things. Ultimately, you know, what we see are continuing use cases and continuing reasons for people to use Bitcoin. I mean, inflation is at an all-time high since the 80s, and uh, that's the stated inflation. We all know when we go to the supermarket that inflation is way beyond 7.5%. So, uh, you know, that combined with, with the, the controls, um, the clampdown on these uh, protests and, and legitimate fundraising efforts, um, I think shows that the use case for Bitcoin is getting stronger and stronger. And uh, there's just more and more reason to believe in it long term. Well, Rob Dorsett's here to tell us more about uh, plans to tie all 20 Premier League clubs into a new owner's charter being put on hold because of concerns expressed privately by the so-called Big Six. So, Rob, what's this all about? What's the owner's charter for a start? Well, the owner's charter was first proposed back in April of last year, and you'll remember this was all in the aftermath of the European Super League. And the two Manchester clubs, Liverpool, uh, Chelsea, Arsenal and Spurs, all signed up for that um, because they were guaranteed a pretty lucrative deal, really, with no promotional relegation. You were guaranteed a place in the, in the European competition each year. 
and one of the key proposals of this charter was that um, all the Premier League clubs would sign up for it and it would guarantee that anybody who qualified for Europe had to do so on sporting merit. So, only if you finished in the top few places in the Premier League would you go into Europe next season. So why hasn't it progressed? Well, the, the clubs would argue privately that haven't signed up for it and have spoken against it that they can't at the moment because of UEFA rules. And that's because UEFA are reviewing their Champions League and, and Europa League formats. Uh, and there's a proposal they're considering which would allow two Premier League clubs to go in on the basis of their coefficient. Now that's very complicated, but basically what it means is the teams that have done better in European competitions in the past get given priority to go in the future. And potentially this season, somebody, a club like West Ham could finish fifth, and if Manchester United or Arsenal was to finish beneath them, they could leapfrog over West Ham and take their place. So there are clearly controversial elements to what UEFA is proposing now. The reason UEFA proposed it was trying to appease those big clubs and stop them joining up for the Super League in the first place. So where does that leave the charter? We don't know. It hasn't been included in the Premier League shareholders meetings of the last two. It's not due to be in the next one, although they haven't finalised the agenda for that. And it isn't on the Premier League club's agendas right now. It hasn't definitely gone away but it's not on the agenda right now. And that is a concern for some of the Premier League executives of big clubs that I've been speaking to. So does this mean that a breakaway of some kind is still on the agenda in the, in the bottom drawers or even the middle drawers or even the top drawers of some Premier League? Well, look, the big six said publicly no. We've dropped this and we won't be pursuing it again in the future. But it does leave that glimmer of a possibility that it could happen. Albeit there are new rules that have been brought in by the Premier League to try and stop it from happening in the first place. So if anybody tries to join a breakaway league, they get a 30-point deduction automatically in the Premier League. So you'd, you'd almost certainly be relegated down to the Championship, wouldn't you? But there are other elements in this, in this charter, which a lot of other clubs have got concerns about, that, that it hasn't been introduced because there are some really laudable aims. Let me try and list them a few for you. An annual commitment to support the England national team with extra money. Um, a commitment to promote, promote diversity, fight discrimination, uh, more protection for player welfare, further agreement on the rules that would promote financial sustainability amongst clubs. So there's a lot of other big issues as well as that headline about blocking the European Super League. So as I say, isn't definitely not happening but at the moment it's not on the agenda. And when you think about all of the noise and headlines after the European Super League collapsed and all of the promises and guarantees that we'd make sure this never happens again, this is one thing that we 
presumably guarantee that it could never happen again, which isn't on the Premier League club's agendas right now. Uh, we'll keep you posted because we'll see if it comes back again. It, it feels like there's so much good stuff in there that it really ought to happen somehow, somewhere, or am I being naive in hope? No, you're not being naive. And look, it, it may well be that those other aims that the clubs all want to do bring it coming in another form. Maybe they could change the wording of the charter. Maybe they could delay it a little bit until UEFA has done its review of European competitions. There's lots of possibilities, but none of those possibilities are being discussed by the Premier League clubs right now. It isn't on the agenda. That could change in the next months when they have their various meetings, uh, but at the moment it's not on the agenda and it's been flagged because it's a concern to some. In the aftermath of that European Super League, this is one of the safeguards which isn't happening right now. Okay. Right, thanks for watching, Duke. What's up, people? It's your bro here from the from the YouTube channel, Roblox Life, Life of a High Love Backpacker. So today we are going to talk about the purge. a 12-hour event, fictional of course, it's where there's no laws, no 911, no 911, and lots and lots of guns. Now I do not condone gun violence, do not use guns for bad reasons. They are for hunting. If it's rapid fire, it's for the military. Now, we're also going to talk about um, the game Ratchet Link. Yes, that's not just a movie. It, it's not just a movie. It's an action game where there's no blood or it's just nuts and bones. To buy new weapon. So, 
Oh yeah. <laughs> I have a song. Look for the Gummy Bear album in stores on November 13th with lots of music, videos, and extras. Oh, I'm a gummy bear. Yes, I'm a gummy bear. Oh, I'm a yummy, tummy, funny, lucky gummy bear. puppet song from FNAF 2.
Peacock original series from Will Smith and Westbrook Studios. Where are we going? You're gonna stay with your aunt and your uncle. You get one shot. What the hell is my life? At a second chance. There's no going back. Pele, streaming now, only on Peacock. The Triple B Podcast would like to invite you to come break bread with your brothers. If you like what you're hearing on the show, if you think we missed the mark, or if we got it all wrong, reach out to us on social media. We can be reached on Twitter at triple underscore B underscore pod or search Brothers Breaking Bread Podcast. We are the Brothers Breaking Bread on Facebook and our email is brothersbreakingbreadpod at gmail.com. Further descriptions are in the show notes like follow, friend, do all that good stuff. And please never forget to break bread with your brothers. How y'all doing? We out here chilling down the spot. What up? Protests in Canada, what you need to know. Yeah. Uh, once narrowly focused on a vaccine mandate for drivers entering Canada from the U.S., the protest has ballooned into a sprawling campaign against various grievances. A lot of white, a lot of mad white people. Truck drivers protesting vaccine mandates are parking their rigs in the middle of intersections in Canada. Uh, Canadian, sorry, my bad, Canadian cities, blocking traffic and in some places bringing daily life and business to a standstill. Mayor Jim Watson of Ottawa said, we're in the midst of a serious emergency, the most serious emergency our city has ever faced. The protests quickly inspired uh, similar convoys in Australia and New Zealand. Hmm. Yeah. And there's been talk, they uh, say that some might start uh, Sunday uh, during the Super, you know, Super Bowl day. If not, then it's been talk about some start. I think like the fucking, the is it the NSA? One of them, one of them type of government I think, agencies. I think it's, I think it's a State of the Union address. Just, uh, yeah, no, it's, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Um, they 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 put out a warning, a bulletin that the similar a similar thing might start Sunday or it might start during, uh, like Joe just said, the State of the Union uh, address. Hey, but, hey, y'all remember when it was just like black folks? And Sunday, Sunday, Sunday being the Super Bowl. Yeah, yes, correct. Yeah. yeah, y'all yeah, remember yeah. when it was just black folks in the middle of uh, like avenues, maybe a couple of highways, and how we were like, get the fuck out the way. They made laws where they made it lawful to run us over if people felt. Like they were in fear of their lives, but now you got truck drivers doing this shit, and I ain't really heard a fucking peep. Not a peep. Not a 
fucking cheer it on because that's 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 a uh, right wing shit, man. That's uh, exactly yeah. yes, sir. Thank yeah, you, brother. They, yeah, they've been promoted and pushed. And probably backed financially also by right-wing organizations, for sure. So what I'm saying so, is we get bigger trucks, and we go up there and just crash through <laughs> these motherfuckers and say we were afraid of our lives. Get some Bigfoots. Get some Bigfoots. Uh, get get the big trucks foot. they had in Mad Max, uh, Terradome, nigga, and just yeah, just yeah. blow through these niggas and say we were in fear of our brothers breaking bread. We were in fear of our lives. <laughs> Right. Why y'all here in Canada? I don't, nigga. What, nigga? It's a free country, ain't it? That's why Try I'm to here. Get some maple syrup. Try to get some syrup, nigga. Ain't y'all got the big leaf on the flag? Like <laughs> that real shit. <laughs> that real shit. Straight uh, out the tree. So let's get a little bit of backstory here. Why are truckers striking? On January 22nd, convoys of truckers driving departed from British Columbia en route to Ottawa, uh, Canada's capital. So I know some niggas didn't know that. To protest the vaccine mandate imposed by the government of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau for truckers entering the country from America. Mr. Trudeau initially dismissed the protesters as a small fringe. Anyhow, always, ain't, that, ain't he learned nothing from the January 6th riots, nigga? It always starts as a small fringe. <sighs> he, he don't hey, man, this, this is just a. He don't know about that. This is just this is just a uh, political discourse, man. Political, mm-hmm. uh, legitimate no, political discourse. Yes, yes, sir. You're right. What it is. Uh, Mr. Trudeau initially dismissed the protest as a quote-unquote small fringe minority. A majority of Canadians say the support they support public health measures intended to slow the spread of coronavirus, but the protesters are having an having an outsized impact for their small numbers. After first blocking traffic in Ottawa, the truck drivers later staged similar protests in other cities, yeah. including Toronto, Quebec City, and Calgary, as well as uh, as well as on the Ambassador Bridge to Detroit, a vital link to the automobile industry. Yeah. Once again, yeah, they said that they've been having to uh, slow down production and shit, uh, like in Detroit. Yeah, you know, out of uh, manuf- auto uh, parts manufacturers, or auto automobile manufacturers and shit like that, because they ain't got the the parts and all that type of shit. So, yeah, man, it's a big deal. Once you again, might want to go to the grocery store. Yeah. Once again, so, uh, we protest uh, not just. I know it, it ends up being the news of black folks, but just the over-policing of our communities, which also means trying to protect the white people in our communities. We get out there protesting, get in the streets. They make laws saying, run these niggas over. Run them right. over, yeah. You? Yeah. And, and I know somebody I, I say, know, I I, go ahead, my bad. How about that? I didn't know if you heard me before. Uh, I'm kind of going in and out here. But... Um, you know that's that's fucking up the livelihood of people that have nothing to do with the shit. Uh, yep. The ability yeah. to get you know medicine because you know they bring everything yeah. in trucks. You know everything. And, uh, but you know obviously it's it's fucking up the economy in Canada. But now you starting to, they fucking up the border crossings. You fucking up the economy on this side. Uh, of, exactly. Of the country, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Of the border. Of uh, the border. And I'm just. Yeah. I'm just wondering when they're going to get the Mounties out there to go ahead and disperse this shit. Disperse this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And that's not to take away their right to protest. You know what I'm saying? But like you said, they cut, they they affecting a whole lot of shit, so. Yeah, but, you know. but but when it comes to our right to protest, that shit gets tossed in the breeze. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, you have mm-hmm. no rights, nigga. Get the fuck out the way or we will run you over. And then... 
Like, it is like legitimate concerns, and Mr. Trudeau should not demonize people worried about restrictions. Just like when it becomes literal, I don't know, Canadians are snowflakes, but when it comes literal, just not even literal, people who are not people of color or who are not black people, then we have to be concerned. Then we don't want to demonize. Then we want to hear their voices and have legitimate political discourse. You know what I'm saying? And that shit, that, that's the shit that burns black people. And that, that, like we were talking, I mean, before you got on, Zed, we were talking about it almost ma- it, it makes you numb, but you got to fight against that numbness. You got to keep fighting. You got to keep talking out. And I know when you got on, that's, that's kind of what that discussion that you got on the back end of kind of okay. led to yeah. as far as like this shit makes you numb, you know, cause you saying yeah. you saying over and over again, you know, we hear about the squeaky wheel, you know, gets the, the attention mm-hmm. or the oil. Nigga, we've been squeaking for years and we ain't getting no attention. No. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I got it. That's, 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 I mean, look, man, if it wasn't for us being that way and doing that, um, then you know, unfortunately, we wouldn't have the 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 bitter, the little bit of that we do have. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. We gotta so, keep going. We gotta keep going. Cause like, yeah, like, like, no yeah. doubt. For yeah, sure. that's what I'm saying. We gotta we gotta keep keep that voice up, even though even though it gets frustrating and it yeah. makes you numb. You gotta like you, you gotta fight numb, that numbness. Right, right. You gotta fight that yeah. numbness. Yeah. All yep. right. But keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. Oh wow! What happened to my pay? What the fuck? Oh man, somebody came in and took my page. There we go. Boom. Uh, black FedEx driver shot by two white men in pickup trucks in Mississippi. Yeah. I don't know if racism has a face, but these niggas look racist. Uh, <laughs> in an incident that parallels the tragic killing of an unarmed black jogger, uh, Ahmaud Arbery, two white men in pickup trucks chased and shot at a black man delivering packages for FedEx in Mississippi. According to the Mississippi Free Press on January 24th, a black driver for FedEx said he was delivering packages in Brookhaven when two white men attacked and fired shots at him. The bullets missed him but were embedded in his delivery vehicle. Uh, ooh, hell of a name for a nigga. Uh, I'm going to just call him D. Gibson, who was 24 years old and from uh, uh, Utica, Mississippi, told the Mississippi Free Press, God, what is all these ads? God damn it. Sorry, y'all. I can't fucking go away. There we go. Mississippi Free Press that he had just dropped off a package around 7 p.m. on January 24th. He noticed a white pickup truck driving toward him from a nearby residence near the property he delivered package to. In my mind, I'm thinking the driver... I'm thinking the driver is leaving to go to the store or something like that, but then they get extremely close to me and start blowing their horns, Gibson said. I proceed to leave the driveway as I'm leaving the driveway. He starts driving in the grass trying to cut me off. My instincts kick in. I swerve around him and I start hitting the gas trying to get out of the neighbor because I don't, cause I don't know his intention, what his intentions are. Yeah, the nigga was delivering, uh, doing his job, and these white men said, here's a nigga here, he don't belong here, and decided to shoot this man. Mm-hmm. So, I, um, I actually, um, read a little bit more about this story, um, uh-huh. because, um, he actually reported the incident yeah. to uh-huh. his supervisor, yeah. and they basically told, just brushed him off. They basically brush him off. He says, oh, well, we'll, you know, just come to the station and, you know, we'll handle it from there. Yeah. Or, you know, don't make a report right now. Make a report in the morning. They didn't take it seriously. But but, but hold on, though. Uh, uh, Plot twist. Police Chief Kenny Collins, who is black, 
does not want to blame racism for the actions of the cases. He told the Daily Leader that Brookhaven is not racist, prejudice town. You hold can't on, judge hold it. On, Bosco. I don't want to cut you off. Bosco, I don't want to cut you off. But is somebody shuffling a deck of cards or something? I think it's probably Joe. Okay. Police Chief Kenny Collins, he said the cards, that's funny, who is black does not want to blame racism for the actions of the chases. He told the Daily Ledger that Brookhaven is not a racist, prejudiced town. You can't judge a town by the actions of two individuals. But what about the police force? What the fuck does that got to do with whether or not that act was racist? Right. I don't know, bro. You but, know what I'm saying? But can like, I, what the fuck? Can I judge a town by the police to try to cover up an incident? <laughs> yeah. Right. And then, like you exactly. said, uh, yeah, I don't know about the town, but these two niggas is racist. These motherfuckers are racist <laughs> motherfuckers. Exactly. They may not and I be. I think it was also said in there, man, that he, he did. You know, obviously, you get shot at, and, you know, you at work, you ain't involved in the shit. You, know, you ain't shooting out with people. So, right. you know, your natural, obviously, when you get away, you're going to call the police. Like, motherfuckers you're just got right. it. And yeah, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was like they started questioning him because yeah. the dudes had called the police about somebody being at a house. I guess being the suspicious. House yeah, there. being suspicious at a house. Yeah. And so they started questioning him like he was uh, in the wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. That, that whole looked like, but he had a FedEx uniform on. But it's that right. It's that same bullshit though, like where like niggas like be like, I know I'm within my legal rights, but I don't want to mm-hmm. fuck with the police today. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I know that something right. bad happened to me, but I don't want to do the police today because them niggas gonna be questioning me, and I ain't do shit except my job. Right. right. So. Yeah, I mean, so it's, it, but that just goes to show how much stress that niggas have on the on them on a daily. On a daily, yeah. I mean, what, to do the right thing, like, like to call the cops or to um, you know flee for your life and everything like that. We get, you know, we we're, we're always questioned about stupid shit. You know, like being shot at or whatever. We always saying, well, what did you do or how did this come about to you being shot at? I'm like, motherfucker, I was shot at. Yeah. We're always conscious of being black, bro. Yep. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And Every everything time. that that brings Every with time. it. You're right. Everything that that brings with it. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't leave my house, and I might not dwell on it, but, like, at some point, it's going to cross my mind just like, you know, this could happen. You know what I'm saying? Be on your oh, be yeah. on point. You know what I'm saying? Real shit. Like, you know, uh, I see a police car. You know, I haven't got pulled over in a long ass time. Knock on some wood. Oh, uh, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, every time I've gotten pulled over, it's like, you know, you don't know how this situation is going to turn out, man. So, Not like you were saying, Tim, like you were saying, Tim, like, you know, I mean, just the stress uh, yeah. that we have to deal with on a daily basis. Yeah. Uh, just living life, you know what it's I'm saying? Limited, it's yeah. something. It's something that's not. I don't think it's addressed as as much as it should mm-hmm. be, you know, and recognized as much as it should be. But it's the same old. Ad, it's the same old adage, though, bro. It's like, oh well, if you just would have complied, because that's what yeah. If you just would have complied, or if you just would have, you know, followed the rules or done what you were supposed to do, well, this nigga was doing his job. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. literally. So what? Literally yeah. doing his job. So I his mean, job is supposed to, to do different. Yeah, his job is to go exactly. on to somebody's property. Why did you not? Right. 
package. Why did you not stop and 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 and, and address the white people? What? That's basically what they're saying. They look like they was about to kill me. Yeah. Because I live in Mississippi, motherfucker. I I have seen Mississippi burning, nigga. I know how this turns out. I have seen Mississippi burning. Like, I grew up here. I fucking. We we didn't see the Emmett Till story. We know how this goes. This is not good for us. But speaking of dumb shit. Not only do we have the D.C. jail, which is the D.C. gulag, but now we have Nancy Pelosi's gazpacho police <laughs> spying on members of Congress, spying on the legislative work that we do, spying on our staff, and spying on American oh, citizens man. that Nancy want to come Pelosi's talk to their representatives. This government has turned into something it was never meant to be, and it's time to make it end. Not only... Did y'all... Everybody got what she said, right? Yeah. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I know what gazpacho is. It's pretty good. It's good. It's, it's tasty. No soup for you. <laughs> what? Yes, please. Three dollars. <laughs> what? No soup for you. No soup for that bitch. Uh. No soup for her. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like, <laughs> it's crazy, right? This party does everything in their power to just control everything. We just, we just had the the first like thirty minutes of the fucking show was them gerrymandering, drawing political time, drawing political lines to disenfranchise American citizens, and this yeah. bitch got the fucking audacity to get on here and say this shit. Yeah. Thanos is right, bro. <laughs> NASA, NASA, y'all hear me? I know y'all. I know y'all niggas listen to everything. Y'all got fucking servers everywhere. Y'all may not be listening, but y'all definitely recording this shit. Stop. Let the asteroid come. What you gotta say, Joe? Uh, she bucking for a bag of dicks. Oh, she, right. she, she might get all the bag of dicks. Yeah. Scott, yeah. I, I, he see, I can't even. I want to say Gestapo. I can't. I, I can't. Yeah, you want to say Gestapo because you want to say the right thing. Yeah. I want to say the right thing. Because <laughs> I know what the bitch meant when I when I first said it. I was like, wait a minute, did she say she talking about cold soup or, or the, the Germany police? Yeah. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. It was it was some. I think it was on Twitter or something like that. That they talked about underneath this. <laughs> and somebody somebody in the comments said. Next is gonna be uh, Sangria Law. Yes, yeah, I, I don't know. Somebody put that in the, in the chat group. That's it. Oh shit! That's Sangria Law, nigga. <laughs> can't even drink. Can't even drink cheap wine, nigga. Goddamn! Can't do nothing. Can't do nothing. You know what? Let, let's watch all this whiteness now uh, with some uh, excellent blackness. Country are the most discriminated against. Now, since everybody wants to say I'm lying, let me tell you some facts, and I don't mean to hurt your feelings. Okay, see, I tried to get you out of here last time with a simple response. Don't give a fuck what you think. Same, same, same. 
Same. And quite clearly that didn't work, so now I'm finna eat through your shit. But it's a fact that there's been Harvard studies done, polls, and a ton of other evidence to back this fact up. Hmm, plenty of evidence, huh? Well, let's take a look at it. In your two videos you make about this topic, you cite this same Harvard study twice. That study actually being a poll of 902 U.S. white adults that says 55% of white Americans feel like they've been discriminated against. No, that's a lie. 55% of the white people in the study believe that discrimination against white people exists today. And when the 902 participants were asked, whether or not any of them had actually been discriminated against themselves, the largest block that said yes was 19% when applying for jobs. Meaning when you said this, there's about 375 million Americans in this country in which white Americans make up about 200 million of that. Now 13% or 50 million of that population is black Americans. Now 55% of 200 million is well over 100 million. So when I say that whites are the most discriminated against in this country today, those are facts you... All I want to say is this white man did so much cocaine and talk so fast to be so wrong. I'll keep going. Clean yourself, and it ain't getting no better. What seemingly isn't getting better is your comprehension skills. Seeing as there's about 330 million people in the country, 76.3% of that being white, that being around 251 million people, if we take 55% of that, assuming that study is 100% representative of white people in the country, that means about 138 million white people think that discrimination against them exists. If we take the highest amount of them that actually reported being discriminated against and apply that to the population, that's about 47 million white people that have actually been discriminated against. But wait, it gets worse. When you realize that poll is actually part of a broader study that also asked black people to which 92% said that oppression against them exists today and the highest block that said yes to actually experiencing discrimination was 60% and in policing using the same population numbers from before if we run the math on that that's around 26 million black people that say they've actually been discriminated against which is over half the white number from earlier in a country with nearly six times as many white people as black people you know what we call that kids disproportionate but wait it gets worse when you realize a poll asking white people how they feel about discrimination is not the same as proving that that discrimination exists. The difference is when black people talk about it, we have evidence. Like when the mayor of Chicago said she only take questions in interviews from black reporters. Oh yeah, this was your other evidence. Just conveniently misses the fact that she was talking about for her inauguration anniversary only. Like those that experience racial prejudice directly towards them on social media. Oh yeah, and this article from GOP USA that just conveniently misses the fact that Facebook began prioritizing hate speech against minority groups a year ago because their race-blind algorithm actually he was removing more slurs against white people than minorities or you know also known as a corporation regulating itself to get more profit so of course a year later you'd see more against white people for people who claim to not want to do oppression olympics you guys are sure throwing that javelin further and further to find something to make it look like you're oppressed so i beg you please try again thank you my brother thank you my brother hey look jay-z hey yeah so hey Hey, but that that but wait again, but wait, there's more. Hey, that shit was. But wait, nigga, I more. heard the, I heard the little I, I heard so many songs in my head when that nigga started going off. But, 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 but wait, it gets worse. But wait, it gets worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at the end, I just saw uh, what's the, the nigga from Rocky? Throw the goddamn towel. <laughs> 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 yeah, my nigga Mick. <laughs> Throw the goddamn towel. Hey, dog. Throw the goddamn towel. Yeah, dog. That, uh, well, well, God, bravo. Well done. Well done, yeah, sir. Talk. Well yeah. done. Good talk. Good talk. Well said. Shoot that. But, but, and this is what we talk about, too. Like, all this shit. And we talked about other episodes. Erasure of black history, black voices. Um, and, 
that kid is that black kid in the back of the classroom who like man uh, no mm-hmm. fuck this. <laughs> this this shit ain't right i'm calling the hotline to report some bullshit right mm-hmm. yeah right. i mean that was a that was a excellent display in um critical thinking man like you excellent. know for i mean it's a lot of adults that would uh, be knocked off. They square by that shit. You know right. what I'm saying? Be knocked off balance by what that dude was saying. Facts uh, of You know, because it sounded good. He talking all fast and you know what I'm saying? But, you know, uh, he actually went and broke that shit down, man. It was like, nah, nah, nah. And, and, no, and use his own quote-unquote. That nigga knows the purpose of a works sided page. There we right. go. There we go. Yeah, because, yep. I mean, the nigga followed the fucking thread. Yeah. Right. <laughs> It's a nah, nigga. This, what you said, it said, nah, that ain't what they said. Right. Yeah. And, and motherfucker, and motherfuck, your math is not mathing. You know what I'm saying? Your math right. is not mathing. Right. <laughs> your math is not mathing. You know what? Hold on, let me write that but down. Even, but even, yo, but even, 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 even deeper, like mm-hmm. to to take it back to what we talked about earlier, and those voices and those people that we could inspire, and those things that we hear, and those seeds that we plant. There are right. kids and there are people out here like that. Yeah. Black kids like that, man. Right. And, and I think it's a lot of them. It's a lot of them, man. We are consistent, you know, just in general with our message, with our belief, and what we say. They're out here, bro, and they they are ready to speak and they are ready to put it to you know put pen to paper and put you know words to action, man. And there, there's so many of them, so that's why you can't quit being consistent because mm-hmm. if we're continuously consistent like that. We got them out here, and these young kids know. And it's, they're so, there's so much access to information, which he just proved to show and disclaimed that all this bullshit that they put in front of you. If we don't act numb to it and we actually have people who are listening and act upon those C's, man, they out here, man. So that's why we got, we got to stay consistent, man. I love seeing that, man. That, that shit did me so good this week just to see him do that. Man, right. I, I, all day after hearing that. <clears throat> yeah, that's my first time seeing it actually, man. That's yeah. that's really dope. And I say yeah. once again, we got we got two niggas on the show. They're pushing that narrative. They go out and go out to them trenches and do it. Mm-hmm. Appreciate y'all. Shit. <clears throat> oh shit. My homie. Yes. My homie. Yes. Hey. Hey. I can't wait till election day, dog. Nigga, you better nigga. Hey, nigga. Hey, you need already hey, cast cast two votes, nigga. I'm joking. Don't do that. 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 Get, let's get this shit popping. They said we hold cast these two, truths to be four. self-evident that all men are created equal. But here in Louisiana and all over the South, Jim Crow never really left, and the remnants of the Confederacy remain. In 1873, when a black man named PBS Pinchback won a U.S. Senate race, he was never seated. They claimed election fraud. The attacks against black people, our right to vote, and participate in this democracy are methodical. Gerrymandered districts are a byproduct of the Confederacy. Our system isn't broken. It's designed to do exactly what it's doing, which is producing measurable inequity. One in 13 black Americans are deprived of the right to vote. One in nine black Americans do not have health insurance. One in three black children live in poverty. It's time to burn what remains of the Confederacy down. I do believe the South will rise again, but this time, it'll be on our terms. I'm Gary Chambers, and I'm running for the U.S. Senate, and I approve this message. It, 
Gary wins, bro, that'd be awesome. First of all, but hold on, hold on, before, hold on, hold on, Tim, before you go. Okay. I love playing that young man's video in front of this because yes. that young man is what happens when you push and yes. allow these black voices, these young black children, boys and girls. Fucking Gary is what happens. A nigga, yes. come on, man. Right. A nigga on social media burning the Confederate flag <laughs> in the fucking South and running for a fucking Senate seat, bro. I mean, yeah. I understand. <laughs> nigga, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Now go ahead and first say what you want to say, Tim. First of all, that's fucking brave. I know. That is fucking <laughs> brave, dog. That's just, that, that spoke volumes. When I saw that shit, I'm like, first of all, I need to be his bodyguard. And we need to find <laughs> other people. <laughs> right, because you are an Avenger. Heavy, heavy artillery to be this man's bodyguard because to actually take their precious Confederate flag and burn that bitch, set that bitch yeah. on fire? Some people consider that an act of war or some shit. That is an act of war to them. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't be. But even being a part of the Confederacy is an act of war. It's an act of treason, though. It is, definitely. And y'all lost. Yeah. And y'all lost. Y'all back in losers. But but here's the thing. Here's the thing. The fucking incumbent, or or I don't know who, I don't don't know, is it an open seat or whatever? I Uh, think there's a, yeah. Open seat. So so whoever whoever had a seat probably was uh, back in the motherfuckers that ran up in the Capitol with the with the Confederate yeah. flag. Of course. You know what I'm saying? So somebody needs to burn that motherfucker, man. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Dope. Hey, dog, that's, that's going to be my new litmus test for new white friends. I'm just going to play the video of Gary <laughs> burning his flag, nigga. And if your eye <laughs> and if you, nigga, if you blink, if you motherfucking breathe hard, nigga, I can't fuck with you. I'm like, if it ain't nothing but a smile on your face, nigga. Mm-mm. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Hey, 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 hey. I say play that shit the, at the job and don't use headphones. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do y'all have a projector? <laughs> no, we got, we got, yeah, we got, we got a, we got a big ass, we got, we do got a big ass like seventy-five inch screen. I can put that bitch on. Hey, 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 nigga, remember how you were saying at lunch they be watching Friends and shit? They like, hey, fuck that. Oh, hell yeah. Hey, they be, hey, nigga, they be so mad. They be like, what's that cable coming from a TV? And they be like, my name is Garrett Chambers, and I approved this message. Who is this nigga? Oh, my God, he's burning the Confederate flag. (laughs) I hate all, I knew it, I knew it, I knew you bitches was racist. That's good yeah, shit yeah. though, man. I, I I mean, I don't know what's gonna happen, but I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, yeah, I well, mean, good, good for that brother. I don't give a fuck. He got my vote already. I don't give a fuck if you know if not. I when I go to vote, he got mine. <laughs> but like I but like I was saying earlier, and I mean, I mean, we, we you uh, we asked who were the voices. There you go. There you go one. There's one of well, yeah. Right. On the national yeah. stage. State state and national stage. Making his presence yeah. felt. You know what yeah. I'm saying? He may not, you know, even if he don't win, man. That's you even know, if he don't he win. Gotta he, start. It gotta start somewhere. Even if he, he don't he win. Seemed like he the kind of brother that's gonna keep the pressure. But you on. never know, man. I mean, like, you know, it's been a lot of crazy, crazy uh shit been results lately, in, yeah. in elections lately, you know what I mean? So, All I know is that Gary Chambers is probably one of the most dangerous uh, 
people here in the state of Louisiana right now. And all I'm saying is, even if he so. don't win, he don't seem like the brother that's just going to go away. He's not going to go away, away yeah, for sure. into yeah. that night. He's going to be that mold that you can't get rid of out your bathroom. That's where he's going to be. He's going to keep hey, but the, the thing is, the thing keep is even, if he don't, even if he don't win a Senate seat, he's going to be on somebody's city council. Yeah. He's yeah. going to some way in the door. And as long as he find his way in the door, he's the type mm-hmm. of cat that's going to keep pushing until right. he gets there, and he's going to eventually get there, bro. He and that. we didn't already seen what he did to the city council here yeah. in New Orleans. I'm about to say, he's going to keep showing up saying, I heard you was a good, I heard you was a good white man. Be a good man. Be a good man. You over there shopping because you don't give a damn. You over there shopping because you don't give a damn. Of this community on display, and your ass over here on the on the, on the shopping network. Oh, hey, hey Gary. Talking to you, Evelyn. I'm hey, talking nah. to you, Evelyn. You, you got our vote, Gary. Well, we, you gonna get uh, at least one of our votes. There we go. Because yeah. we can't all we, we but, don't but, live. Yeah. Nah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so so Tim gonna vote for us, you know what I'm saying? We, we oh, yeah. Tim putting that bitch in for the buzz breaking bread. So hey, you we, got we, we, we on broadcast it on the on the buzz breaking bread and he gonna make sure the word gets spread uh by, by right. spreading the podcast down there. There we go. Um I was gonna say we, we talked about him being a voice and I'm glad that he is emerging because you know I think I think only a few of us had heard how we how we did the city council. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I think he, he's starting to emerge and, and, and he's he's stirring some pots. With these with these commercials, uh, no pun mm-hmm. intended on that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but um, it reminds me. I mean, not not nearly. I mean, he's way more aggressive. But we talking about people who are a voice. Stacey Abrams. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Stacey Abrams. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? So if he could, if he could be in that class of person, you know what I'm saying? Who's organizing and getting people uh to understand their rights and, and, and mm-hmm. work towards, you know what I'm saying, flipping the state in that way, man, I think that's what we need. That's what we that's need. Yeah. What we need. We gotta have Zeb it. always says it best, man. Zeb always says it best. It's, it's like, it's gotta start somewhere. Yeah. It's gotta start somewhere. That's right. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, man. It ain't got nothing to do with the show, but it just happens to be here. Uh, yeah, y'all keep the news. Y'all keep watching the news, because, uh, the Ukraine just uh, told their citizens to evacuate because the Russians might. Yeah. yeah. So be careful. Damn. The Ukraine did. Yeah. I just yeah. I've been keeping an eye on that because technically I'm still in the army. I'm in the retired reserve. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I just want I want my pension to keep growing as far as the military. So when shit like this happens, mm-hmm. nigga, my my nigga, I. I like, ooh, Start paying attention. Ooh, <laughs> I won't get that phone call say, "Hey, uh, stretch them motherfucking quads out, nigga. We need you to uh, time to suit up, nigga." But yeah, uh, yeah, uh, the you the shit over there in the Ukraine is getting is getting real. So yeah, uh, shout out to my uh, you know brothers and sisters out there, man. Hope hopefully hopefully it's shit, shit. Yeah, man, war is not a pretty thing, and war with and war with a superpower that can match us. Was not yeah. Y'all thought niggas thought Iraq was tough. <laughs> Good luck. No. Yeah. Anyway. Uh. Oh my bad. I pulled this up. Yeah. I, I just put in the show notes because we talked about Sugar Land and the history of it. But yeah. Uh. Don't buy Imperial Sugar. Uh. Sport. Our sports talk. Um. You know what? I'll let Mike McDaniel's talk for himself. Yeah. It- 
It's been very odd to tell you the truth. This idea of identifying as something, um, you know, I think people identify me as something, but I identify as a human being. Uh, uh, it, it, and my dad's black. So whatever you want to call it, um, I know there's a lot of people with a shared experience, but it doesn't make, you know, it, I'm just, it, it's weird that it comes up because the, the, you know, I've, I've just tried to um, be a good person and I think, I think my background opens my eyes a little bit. Um, I don't have any um, real experience with, with racism because, you know, I, I think you identify me as something close to, I don't know. Um, but I know my, my mom experienced it when she uh, married my dad. I know my dad experienced it and that's in my family, but um, I guess that makes me a, a, a human being that can identify with other people's problems. That's a lot. Um, <clears throat> Mike Rooney rule satiated, but they, they took care of that, man. Yeah, quickly. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna need. Mark, we got we got us a brother. I'm gonna need mm-hmm. Mike Medeiros to watch Imitation of Life before he uh, goes on and uh, coaches. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's like like I know we talked about it before on the show, uh, and not trying to put Brother Joe on things, but he talked he's talked about it on the show too, just like growing up, uh, biracial, blah blah blah. Uh-huh. But. He talked about it from the standpoint of being a young man coming to his own, uh, high, you know, high school years, college years, learning what that is. This is a grown ass nigga right here that that's talking. This ain't a fucking high schooler. This no. ain't this ain't a a, 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 a middle school dude. It, it's I mean, like he can, he can pass. He can pass because I mean, okay. if he hadn't said something, I would have known that. No, he can pass. Yeah, real talk. Yeah. He can pass. Real no, I, I, I think he can pass, but he seems still so uncomfortable with who and or whatever he thinks he is. It, you know what I'm saying? Because That's what I'm he, to say. he been living white and he ain't yeah. had okay. white out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm just saying, like, that's why I say he need to watch Imitation of Life. Because <laughs> he was uh, he was the uh, what was the OC for uh, 49ers. 49ers, right? Yep. Yeah. What you, what, so. you, what you think about it? Uh, I mean, you know, that's his experience, man. You know what I mean? I can't. I'm not gonna argue against another person's experience. Uh, it doesn't really bother me. I don't. You know, like I don't really give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Um, as far as, I mean, I I, I definitely. I didn't know, like you said, I didn't know that he was uh, mixed. I thought he was just a white dude, um, and that's the first Is time he qualified? that I, that's the first time that I heard that. Oh, you talking about on the football level? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you know, I mean, Shanahan really was the was the. Uh, I imagine, obviously, I don't, you know, I'm not up in there, but I think Shanahan was the brains, you know, really behind the offense. Uh, but I'm sure he learned a lot, you know what I'm saying, from Shanahan, and I'm sure he contributed. Uh, so, I mean, with what we had to work with, man, we had a, I think we had a, uh, a really good offense, you know what I'm saying, as far as. They, they loved they loved to interview him, didn't they? Because he, he was like a character, wasn't he? I never, I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't answer that. I never, I've never seen an interview with him, uh, me personally. This is the first time I ever heard him talk, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I don't know about that. Hit, my, 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 when, because we know 
even though people think Florida, for some odd reason, America, yeah. we have been yeah. taught that Florida is not a part yeah. of the South. Florida yeah. is a part of the South, my nigga. It's the deep South. Yeah, the deep yeah. South. Matter of fact, yeah. we, we talked about on the show, there were more lynchings in Florida than many parts of what we've been known as Alabama, Georgia for a certain period of time, right? So yeah. once, the, once the Dolphins go three and whatever, nigga, they going to remind you you a nigga. Just like when Tiger Woods got hit over the head with the club with his white wife, yeah. they reminded him, oh, you a nigga. Don't worry, Mike. Don't worry, Mike. They going to let you know that, oh, you a human. You a human nigga. You a human nigga. That's what they going to remind you. Human nigga. I, I, would, I would imagine this wouldn't have even been an issue. He would have just went, went ahead and kept on living white if it hadn't been for the uh, Fuentes situation. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Mm. For you sure. said Fuentes? For sure. Flores, Flores. Flores. He made him extra spicy. <laughs> he said Fuentes. He told no, I'm just, I'm just laughing because you made that, you made that nigga real exotic, that frontex. <laughs> <laughs> so they try, they, right. I'm saying they try to ask Lowry to this nigga. I'm just laughing. Yes. You pulled, a, you pulled a Roger like a motherfucker, bro. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Oh shit. But now, yeah, they gonna, yeah, he just would. But then, like, it's one of the things. Where, but I think, yeah, like you said, the Brian Flores situation. And then I think the media made it a thing to say, hey, you a nigga, ain't you? Your daddy's a nigga. And he yeah. like, I am a human. You're like, what? <laughs> you, no, you, no, no, you're a nigga. You made this more, way more complicated than it needed to be. So once again, Mike, I wish you the best. But lose a couple <laughs> yeah. of games, they going to remind you, you a nigga. You a human nigga. Anyway, uh, yeah. And that's and the word is out now, so. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. I thought it was uh, what's the what's the nigga to rap? Uh, uh, shit. What's the dude? I know you're talking about Logic. Uh, Sinatra, I it was, uh, he does a Sinatra albums. Um, oh, Logic. I thought Logic, was, yeah, yeah I thought it was Logic, Logic for a minute. I said, damn, Logic doing a skit. He looked, oh. like, he looked like Logic, doesn't he? <laughs> he yeah, didn't he do kind of I didn't even see that. I didn't even yeah, see that. Yeah. I said that. Nah, I was, yeah. I was looking at that before, too. Yeah. I was hey, bro. Uh, I thought Logic was doing like a some kind of Eminem skit. And I was like, oh, shit, wait a minute. This is, this is real? Oh, okay. Because like, Logic always talking about how people fuck with him because he's biracial and shit. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, shit. Moving on. Uh, somebody got the, that, that knows that she's a nigga. Uh. Uh, what? Uh, this, this young black lady here, uh, uh, Lady, oh, her yeah, last yeah. name is 12, 12 year old girl in Duluth, Minnesota, and just got barred from swimming because it says Black Lives Matter on her swimsuit. Uh, swimsuit. Swimsuit. But you have to understand for her that it's just about life and death. She lives in a state where police just executed Amir Lockheed in his sleep, where George Floyd was lynched, and as she walked into, as she walked into to swim in an almost exclusively white space. She put those words on her swimsuit to give herself strength and show solidarity in this painful moment we are in. Little black girl, 12 years old, barred from swimming because her swimsuit says Black Lives Matter. So can what we did they, what can did we they use? Bar? Oh, go ahead. What did they use? I just, yeah, I was just wondering what did they use to bar? Like what, I, what was I, It doesn't go into that. I mean, they say. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's probably like, there's uh, supposed to be no advertisements or no logos, yeah, only your so. school or team or whatever. 
But yeah. really, it's probably just because she was beating everybody. Who was that black girl More a few years ago who was beating everybody and they found a way to get rid of her because her swimsuit was like her too tight on her booty? Her swimsuit was too tight on her booty? Yeah. On the Let's Dive In episode? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's Dive In. in. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, there we yes. go. Yeah. Wow. Another episode. Yeah. The, a classic. Uh, <laughs> what you about to say, see? No, I was just going to say, so can we, 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 we've established two states that are in the running for the asshole of America. Can we, can we throw Minnesota in the, in the running too? Yeah, they need to be in there. They yeah. in there. And, and, and uh, I know we talk about all the time. I know on Twitter, Sean King gets a lot of uh, beef, but Sean be helping, dog. So I don't know. I ain't, got, I ain't got no problem with Sean. That motherfucker, that motherfucker shines a light on a lot of shit. Period. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He he might be Mike McDaniel's too. I don't know, cause that nigga look like Mike McDaniel's also. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I've never seen Sean King and Mike McDaniel's in the same motherfucking room at the same time. That's all I know. You say it's like uh, Humpty and Shock G. Humpty and Shock G, <laughs> Batman, Bruce Wayne, nigga, uh, uh, Superman, Clark Kent, to name a couple of motherfucking great mother niggas out there. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. But uh, whatever the, the little squabbles is, every time that nigga puts something out, it's always to help uh, the black community and to shed light on uh, fucking... The voices that get uh, fucking stepped on, and then how just I don't know this this this, this American society that we're supposed to be a part of and supposed to be equal citizens in, but you know, Mitch McConnell pointed out that we vote differently than other Americans. So there we go. Uh, but yeah, I mean, shout out to shout out to the sister, shout out to her uh, family. You know, because she's 12, so I'm sure she didn't go out and have a Black Lives Matter swimsuit made. Shout out to her family to supporting her and wanting to do right. this. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. this shit. And fuck you, uh, Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah, they keep it up, man. They're going to they gonna get the decade one. All right. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. Minnesota, man, because they staying consistent. With they I shit. mean, they are they are keeping that same energy. That's one of my yeah, yeah. that's one of my earlier themes. Thanos is right, and uh, send the asteroid is taking over. But same energy used to be one of my calling cards. Uh, they keeping it, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so can the can the can the uh, can the bag of dicks go to a state? Versus I mean, why not? Person? Why not? Oh, state of dicks. Why not? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll airdrop them bitches in like bombs. Like bombs of a bag, dad, nigga. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Prince is dead. Prince is dead now. He can't save y'all. Yeah. I might have I might have hey, just like Prince. But, you know, he gone. We, we can do that, but that means we don't have to deliver Texas there for last year. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Retro, retroactive, retroactive dicks. I don't know why that sounds so good. Hey, did y'all have y'all? You know what? I'll just play it, dog. Understand this: if the brothers breaking bread, if we that's had a pickup game and this shit happens, and you niggas don't get up and start fighting, I'm fighting you <laughs> niggas when I get up. Now, by Coach Shashevsky. <laughs> Faded away like he got hit. Oh, that is a dangerous play under the basket. Almost had a bench clearing situation over here. Many on the Duke bench to their feet. Mike Krzyzewski understandably livid. So that's, he got stripped. And that that's not. So, uh. 
I saw it on Twitter. Uh, Uncle D put it in the chat group. Yeah, man, uh, we got to fight. <clears throat> no doubt. Like, that man, like, and you see, there was another angle, too. They slowed it down, but you saw from that backside shot. Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, your boys, your boys got to fight because if that's you, you ain't necessarily got to fight because you know. No, you no, just, no, 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 no. You just no. went through. Yeah, but your folks got to get up and get and stand up for you. Yeah, and no. that's like U ten AC. I don't know, maybe it's a co-ed pickup game. They laughing to go up there <laughs> trying to trying to yoke one, and a nigga just fucking just hit her. One of y'all in the hips don't even try to block the shot, and y'all end up on y'all neck. Nigga, fuck standing around. Nigga, we, yeah. nigga, I'm, I'm punching you into the goalpost, the the, the, the backboard <laughs> this nigga was laying against, dog. We, nigga, what are you doing? Hey, like yeah. I, like I said in the chat group, nigga, that's instant Oklahoma drill. That nigga would be in the second level of the stadium. So, <laughs> so to go back, so, so to go, hey, so to go back to an old episode, is that what happened in that basketball game when that white boy gave him on site treatment? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> 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 like nah, like like nigga, like bro, it ain't that you nigga, you 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 may have like cost this man his collegiate career. Yeah, yeah. Anything he could have ended up on Shit, the life kill that dude like death, that. nigga, death. You know what? You know what? I just saw. Uh, I read the other day that they said they ruled that Bob Saget's death was head injury. A head injury, and he, uh, bleeding of the brain or some shit that yep. he must have hit his head wow. and went to sleep and he never woke up. That's you know what I'm saying. saying. So yeah. you know what I'm saying. Like yeah, real talk. That's man. why I tell niggas to stay awake for the first 24 hours if after you get a concussion. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah, it's real talk. Then you go to sleep. One yeah. week, you go to sleep. That's it. Sleep. That's it. <laughs> but like, but like, yeah, no, like this nigga land on the back of his neck. He put his yeah, arm yeah. out. He could have fra- He could have had like a severe, like spiral fracture. Fucked up his shoulder. Yeah. It's all kind of shit that could have happened just because you got stripped and decided I'm gonna just knock a nigga out the air. Right. Bro, it, I'm like this. If I'm on the, if I'm on that nigga's team, the one who actually committed the foul, yeah. I'm looking at this nigga like, bro, what, what the, the fuck, fuck is wrong? With yeah, dog, that's that's foul. What's wrong with you, bro? That's that's too much. Like, yeah. like, like. Like yeah, like like everybody here has played a sport, mm-hmm. and there's just certain things where you like, right, okay, nigga, what what was that for, nigga? Right. What was that late right. ass hit for, nigga? That's no, there's no need for that. You know what I'm saying? Why you right. why you try to drive your track cleat into this nigga's calf while y'all running 800? <laughs> right. You know, it, it, we all play different sports, but there's all kind of whole shit you can do that like this just that's just not acceptable. Right. You know, that's equivalent, definitely not that's equivalent of that's equivalent of a nigga getting tackled in a football game. He's already on the ground. He's already down. Then you run up and pick that nigga in the face while he's on the yeah. ground. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, that yeah. is definitely they would have called that a defensive player easily on the football field. And, and you know what? Um, it's interesting that that happened to a Duke player because a former Duke player, when he was at Duke, was a was a, a dirty player. Oh he yeah, you talking about uh, what's his name? Grayson Allen. Light boy, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Yep, and yep. he just he just did a similar thing. Yeah, right he there fucked up old boy. He to, uh, like clotheslined that nigga some shit. With the with the Bulls, uh that used to play for the Lakers, uh the white dude, Alice Caruso. Yeah. And he did he that fucked and he him broke up. his wrist. Yep. Yep. He broke yeah, his wrist. Dude's a piece of shit, bro. Yeah, that's man. I, I said he gonna somebody gonna somebody gonna get his ass, man. Somebody gonna get it. If, if, you know, if nobody ever get his ass, man, the NBA done turned way too soft. 
Wait, yeah. I mean, shit already gonna happen. That's you know that's one of them. If I get up, if I'm conscious, if I ain't fucked up, I'm going to see you, nigga, after the whistle blow. Right. Yeah. We're gonna have to have a talk, bro. Imagine a nigga doing that to Charles Oakley. Nigga. No. 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 I was no. I was mad when I was, I was at Blue just Valley. Watching the interview with Charles Oakley, man. He was just talking about how many motherfuckers he touched up. He yeah. said he, he said he slapped he said he slapped the shit out of Charles Barkley at a uh at a meeting <laughs> at a meet at a players meeting. Oh yeah. Strike. <laughs> and you know we got a yeah. he got a book coming out too. Yeah, that's what, yeah, I was yeah, that's what yep. he was talking about. Yep. Yeah. I I didn't hear yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was mad uh when I was at Blue Valley North playing with them white boys. We was playing uh Payola, Kansas. I went up to Yoko the motherfucker. This nigga could just literally just cut my legs out of me. That's how I got this fucking scar on my motherfucking eyebrow. Busting my fucking face wide open. Them white boys didn't do nothing, nigga. I was so salty at practice the next week, dog. I was just yeah. like, y'all ain't gonna. I said, if I was at Ruskin High School, dog, they niggas would have been throwing chairs across the court. Y'all didn't even right. get off the bench. <laughs> <laughs> y'all ain't even stand up. <laughs> y'all ain't even, nigga. Like, oh, shit, what? Yeah, nigga. They ain't even do that. They ain't do nothing. I said, nigga, I, I said, let, let, let a nigga blow by you again, nigga. I'm going to be running back down the court. He going to just get a layup because I ain't doing shit to help nobody right. no more. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out there bleeding all over my jersey. Y'all fucking, I don't know what we're supposed to do. Anyway, that's fucked up. Uh, Yeah, that, that man. I, oh, shit. Y'all still there? Yeah, that ain't part of the game. I had it. Yeah, I'm here. Right. Yeah, we still here. I don't know what's going on. Nigga, did you, you just say I'm <laughs> I, mean, I just want to look at this. Joe say I'm out. Joe got out? My God. Yeah, Joe out. Okay. All right, pimp. Travel, Joe. Uh, yes, sir. Sidney Carter, Texas A&M coach, slammed for sexy sideline outfit. And I don't even know if it's... I think she's sexy. I don't even know if the outfit's sexy. She's got tight pink yeah, pants. Yeah, outfit on. looks play, uh, plain Jane to me. Oh, yeah, it does. She wearing a she wearing a turtleneck. Pants look shiny. Yeah, she wearing a turtleneck and pink she's pants. She's wearing a turtleneck. Oh, yeah, she's, she's wearing, wearing a turtleneck. High heels. She's wearing high heels. Oh, not the high heels. She got on shoes. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, she got on high heels. <laughs> <laughs> what are we gonna do? So of course, uh, I I don't know if the tweets on here. Yeah, it is. What's she at? You say? Huh? Uh, Texas A&M. Texas A&M. I think. Texas A&M. So, I don't know no. why. This, this page yeah. is fucking with me. This, this page is fucking with my feed. Um, of course, there was an ashy nigga out there in the world. And I'm sure it's more ashy. There was an ashy nigga named, by the name of Wayne Walker uh, who, said, who asked the question, is this outfit appropriate for a basketball coach? It's yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I guess you know we can talk about it, but I would, I would, I would since we have a lady on the show, I would mm-hmm. like to know because it's always that, that. there you go. It's it's always that same old you know when you have a black woman who's curvy and you know uh, uh, is built you know the way that that our black women are. Um, there's always an issue when they wear something that shows off you know their guy given features. She made my she made my penis tingle. <laughs> if that was a woman who was not of the same stature, of the same shape, wearing the same outfit, this wouldn't even be a conversation. So I, I'm, I'm curious, you know, with with Ida, if if you have any thoughts on that, because that always happens. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm curious to know what your thoughts are as a woman on the uh, show. 
Um, a few things. First, it's even today, it's a Friday you get to wear jeans to school, right? And today, even as I was walking into the to the school in the parking lot, I'm wearing jeans. They're skinny jeans, but they're jeans. And I'm even in my head, I'm thinking, damn, I wonder if somebody's gonna say something because I'm not like shaped like her, but you never know what people are gonna say when you're wearing stuff that actually shows your body. You gotta but then it goes real. to like thinking about how many newscasters, how many weather reporters, like there's all these people who are always attacked for just wearing basic clothes that if anybody else wore, like you said, AC, it wouldn't even be a big deal. If she's wearing basic clothes. Like what's the deal? It looks like those might even be like sweatpant type pants that she's wearing with a turtleneck. No, um, they're They're like leggings or something, like athletic leggings or something. Mm-hmm. And she's like accused of looking too sexy. What? She can't help that she looks like that. So then it goes to the fact of like, just because a man can't see a woman, a heterosexual man can't see a woman and not be aroused by her for whatever reason, suddenly she's not allowed to wear the clothes. So it goes back to that whole, like, we've got to police our women, even though we need to be policing the men and their thoughts and all the things. We've got to make sure women are staying chaste and are dressing certain ways to not tempt the men to look at them and think bad things about them. So that's my thoughts. Oh, my. But but then, oh, my God. There are, I hate when it's, there are other women out here who are kind of hating too, but they probably been. I don't know. I don't know. If, well, y'all not, y'all not, yeah. Because they look like Respusha. I don't even know that though. I don't know if you you guys oh, are on Twitter or social media. <laughs> there, there is a there is a uh, certain section of Twitter social media that we call uh, Pick Me Twitter, Pick Me social media, where they get out here and say things they can get picked. <laughs> And so, and then also though you never, but you never know though. It could be a man also tweeting this shit too. So you never know, right? Because right. social media right. is it's an avatar world for the most part, right? Right. Uh, right. Uh, so you got like no inappropriate as a professional. I wouldn't wear this to work. Period. In comparison to male coaches, you wouldn't see them in inappropriate clothing. So sad that this is how we are being represented, and how this and how this look comes with a lot of negative thoughts about her and black women in traditional male careers. And I'm like, hey, men dress boring as fuck. We were like, yeah, and what it would be considered inappropriate for a man? Nothing. I don't know. Right. You wear a suit. For a woman. A wear what she want to wear. But she went. But she's wearing pants and a turtleneck. A turtleneck. Right. She's literally covering her entire body. Yeah. And yet but, 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 she's but, you know what this shit is? You know what this shit is? This mm-hmm. shit is body shaming in reverse. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, it, most it, definitely. I did not see anything wrong with her outfit at all. And I'm biased. So you, I'm biased. But yeah. Back to your. Uh, Are those lady, bathing suits her too? No, what Lady Lavender was saying. Ain't nothing wrong with your body, girl. It's very curvy. But uh, anyway, um, uh, moving on. <laughs> Are those green suits her too? You keep going through I the. I think pictures. so. My bad. I'm, I'm trying to. You know, when I click on it, it doesn't. It opens up to something else. So hopefully, it opens up to the right picture. Is that her? Oof. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean. I, I mean, I don't know about the outfit, but it's a dress. It's not cute, mm-hmm. but I mean, where would she wear yeah, the outfit? I, she's, she must be very that's, talented it's wearing Christmas shoes time. like that and be standing up all the time. I, I, that's I, I'm, hoping that's it's, I'm, I'm hoping it's Christmas. There we go. <laughs> I 
mean, but what's wrong with this? How she looked, based on how yeah. she looked and based on her and everything like that. Nigga, mine is her just wearing fucking sweats to a game. This might be the worst one. She shouldn't wear that. But, uh, yeah, she should anyway. have no more. Yeah, I mean, she just seems like a, a woman that's in the that's really, you know, she's in the fashion. She, you know what I'm she saying? Is a, and, she, and she ain't, and she wanna, and she's on a, uh, uh, she has the opportunity to be on, on the stage, and she wants to look good. You know what I mean? She probably but, uh, is a former so, former athlete. She and she just thin. Yeah. She can't help it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. It's probably one more Texas. I knew a guy. I know a guy that I used to teach. He coaches high school soccer right now. And baseball. And when he coaches soccer, his whole goal was to elevate the game a little bit and make sure the kids saw his being a coach as like a high class thing. Hello? Oh, we're breaking up. Getting outside from August through however long the season lasts. He was wearing a suit like every day. And he would wear a different type of tie every day, just being out there. So I feel like she's doing the similar thing, like right. trying to elevate the look of a coach instead of wearing sweatpants and looking like you're about to work out, looking like you're a but, businesswoman but, trying but, to run shit. But here's the thing, Lady like Lavender. It. If she wore sweatpants, they would be like, she's not looking. They, they would still shame her and say yeah, she's exactly. not looking professional enough. I mean, right. here's to me, black women can't win. I should say ethnic women, women especially in these positions as far as coaching, media, they can't win. Because it's like, I'm no. sorry. I'm sorry I got titties and ass. I'm sorry. Mm. I, I, I'm sorry it makes you, your dick tingle. I'm sorry. I, 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 can't, I can't do nothing about that, bro. <laughs> but I'm I mean, not about, well, look, I'm man, not, if I'm not mistaken, and if I am, uh, please correct me. Um, I mean, that's basically the whole, pretty much the reasoning behind why uh, Muslim women wear, what's it called, a hijab? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I was, I had my phone on mute and she was talking anyways, but uh, like Lady Lavender was saying about. Um, it's the male gaze, uh, not, not yeah, gaze, yeah, and you G-A-Y-S. Put, you're, putting but, burden, yeah. you're putting the burden on the, on, the, on the woman, you know what I'm saying, to, to, protect, to protect us from her. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it, like, you know. But we sit here with uh, and then even an our American so-called uh, advanced society rape culture. Well, she was wearing that short dress. What was I supposed to do, nigga? Go home and jack off. <laughs> what you what you talking about, bro? Take a take, take a snapshot and then take your hard dick home, nigga, and, and, and jack, jack off. Leave her the fuck alone. Yeah, and and like everybody's been saying, man, it's not like she's wearing something just. I mean, it ain't it ain't just normal for for to to be on the sideline coaching the game, but it ain't like she's in the motherfucking tip drill video. You right. know what I mean? Like she's not crazy. wearing anything pornographic. <laughs> right, it's I don't, crazy. Yeah, you know? yeah, and I can see if she was out there about to fucking do the tip off, nigga. I'd be like, yeah, she probably shouldn't wear high heels. <laughs> That's probably bad for her ankles. She's about to toss the ball over there. Yeah. And she's about to be out there posting niggas up. That's bad. Oh, yeah. Like, if she showed up, like, some of these motherfuckers show up for some of these interviews I was talking about, looking straight out of Carter Beebe, (laughs) then maybe I'd have a problem. <laughs> so like, she's like, like she going to office building, like going yeah. to work. Like I mean, yeah. come on, and, like let's 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 stop it. And I'm about and I was about to say uh, to all the people out there that got a problem with her and her tight pants. Uh, do not watch uh, 
the uh, the, the the luge or the skeleton for the Winter Olympics. <laughs> right. Them, right. Hey, I was like, ooh. What's that? Hey. The speed skating shit. <laughs> well, no, nah, no, nah, that's the uh, the little sled shit. But no, the speed skating shit they, too. They they they, the, they, they, they all no, they thighs is thick. Skating. You know that when they just be skating around, see how fast they can go. Yeah, they be wearing like them skin tight aerodynamic yeah. body suits. Yeah, but I'm saying, mm-hmm. but like, but like the luge, they got the skin tight too. But it's all, mm-hmm. just, it's just all thigh meat. Like even the men, oh, yeah, right, even right, the men right, is right, just right, thick yeah. as fuck, bro. And I was like, yeah, they better yeah. not, they better not watch this. They gonna be, they dicks definitely gonna be tingling when they see little uh, Kim Sung Un. I didn't mean be racist. I didn't. I couldn't think of a name off top. Sorry, y'all. But they see her come down there with them thick ass uh, thighs and that skin tight suit. They are gonna be like, she shouldn't be wearing that to work. I, I think. I, what are you talking uh, about? You don't mean to be racist. Work. I think that you just said that little Kim Sung Un made your dick tingle. Wait a minute, huh? My name ain't ten meters. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But now, nah, man, like, like niggas, like, uh, not even just niggas. This 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 old school shit like women only got a women can't wear uh pants women can't wear certain y'all gotta let that shit go bro let's stop y'all right. stop stop really stop really just really just appreciate it and move the fuck on I love it just appreciate I it love the fuck on she, she out there like what what is they record that's what I, that's what I'm worried about right, what's they record exactly. what what they doing on the court. What's her job? You know, like, I think she's exactly. more. I think that's she does a lot of. I think she does. Thing to, to, to think about. Yeah, I think Maybe she's, she's a recruiting coordinator. Yeah, that's what I about to say. I think she's assistant coach slash recruiting coordinator. What kind oh, of talent shit. are they getting in on the court? Those are the yeah. things you should be fucking. Uh, if you are a fan of A uh, and M or Kentucky, I think was she A and M? Yeah, yeah, Texas A and M basketball. Yeah, Those are the things that you. And also, my nigga, uh, whatever your name is. Do you even watch women's basketball? Right. You that like, makes it even crazier, though. I was thinking that she was the head coach. So no, she's not right. even a head coach. She's an assistant no. coach slash, uh, like like uh, AC said, recruitment coordinator. So it's not like the little, I mean, number one, you know, let's just be honest. Women's basketball, uh, college basketball doesn't get a whole hell of a lot of TV time, no. uh, especially uh, uh, Texas A&M. You know what I'm saying? So the little bit of TV time that they do get, and then the little bit of TV camera time that the head coach gets, that ain't even her. Mm-hmm. So who the fuck are they? Why are you even paying attention? You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? Why are you to Yeah. <laughs> I ain't even, you know what I mean? Like, but nigga, let's talk about, let's talk no about the fact. Let's talk about the fact this young woman is accomplished. Let's talk about the right. fact yeah. that she's right. Championship in college. You beat me me to that. Yeah. But also, let's talk to former players and ask what positive or maybe negative influence she has had on their lives. That what coaches should do. Let's talk about the fucking, the things we should be talking about. Not the fact that seeing her booty in some nice pink pants made your dick tingle. That's what it comes down to. Your dick was tingling. You can't have it. You'll never have it. And you're like, why, if I, why is she wearing that? Is that appropriate? And then you got these old dust-ass bitches on Twitter, these old pick-me bitches, talking about, I would never wear that in the workplace. But, bitch, you work at Wendy's. As you shouldn't. What you talking about? You work at Taco <laughs> Bell, bitch. I don't nobody care about make make my Make my fucking grind day and shut the fuck up. <laughs> Yeah, that was very elitist of you. It was elitist to me, man, but these niggas make me mad, dog. It's like, nigga, like, why do you care? 
Yeah. Her boss don't care. Her players don't care. Her fucking the head coach don't care. Nigga, why are you pressed? Anyway, we got we we talked about we we talked about this more than I thought I would we would but I'm glad, I'm glad we did I'm glad that I am among like-minded men and women a woman for this part for this most part that that like niggas got to stop this shit got to stop yeah. women should be able to wear as long as you're not wearing assless chaps on the basketball court what are we talking about. Well, uh, you talking about a nigga that's trying to tear another, uh, trying to tear a black woman down to get clout for itself? That's what you talking about. That's all. Cause that's kind of nigga. Like, like if he's in my house, I'm like, nigga, leave, leave. Yeah, he has to go. He really do. You destroying my vibe. Nigga, nigga, you blowing my high. You blowing my high. That's probably what we You blowing my high, nigga. Leave. Anyway, shit. he kind of nigga that listen to his shit with no headphones. That's kind of nigga. <laughs> Bring it all back. Uh, I'm gonna play a little bit of this because yeah, whatever. The beat with Frank. We're gonna meet at seven. Uh, that road, that road be in. So this is. Wait, I thought my, you said seven. This is calling my boyfriend's mom the B word, bitch prank. Ha. But that's what you told me. Okay, and why do you always do this? You know what? I'm going to know it. I'm moving on. They, they know me. Yeah. God damn. That, God. That you up. made me mad because that shit's not fuckers. <clears throat> you know what, bro? Um, it, uh, 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 on the chat thing, I... Uh, that's about as far as I got. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, okay. Well, you stopped that. That's about as far as I, I got. Far. <laughs> I looked at the time on it. I was like, yeah, I'm not about to watch the rest of this shit. Uh, this from the book of truth. Let's go. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's start. See, I see what they did there. There, there goes ten meters yeah. old chair. That's the, old, that's the old chair. They, this is how they. This is how these niggas found the beat. That they, they listen to the podcast and they heard ten meters old chair. <laughs> that is true though. Niggas will make a beat out of anything. But uh, <laughs> I hate y'all. Bro. <laughs> Hey, but that's true, man. I was just looking at uh, I just see the fucking uh, prodigy and uh, fucking dude from the lock, Styles P. Yeah. Uh, and they was talking about how prodigy made uh, I'm saying prodigy, havoc. Uh, rest in peace, prodigy. Uh, but havoc, uh, how he made the shook ones beat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he was talking, and he was talking about he was about to make some ramen noodles or some shit like that, and clicked on the uh, fucking the eye. And it made this yeah. clicking sound, you know what it said, before it lit up. You know what it said? And uh, oh, you know, and yeah, he yeah. ended up using that shit for the for the fucking shit. Ah, that's dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like that, that's what that reminds me of. Like, it, it, like you it, said, motherfuckers make a beat out of anything. Out of anything. Yeah. And not the same. Uh listen to that 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 uh podcast that I was uh talking about that uh take it personal. Mm. It's not the same because it was an actual beat. I did not know the fucking um, uh, true, true, whoopie doo, whoopie doo, uh, the scenario beat. Yeah. That was a Jimi Hendrix beat. Really? Did y'all mm-hmm. know that? 
Mm-mm. I had no idea. No. No. Oh, nigga, hold and on. I, and I fuck with Jimi Hendrix. I, I hey, no I do too. But on the podcast, they they uh, played it. I was like, God damn. Hold on. Do you remember the song? No, I don't, they, they didn't Jimmy, tell the name Jimmy of the song. song. Scenario beat. Uh, hold on. Well, I know the scenario beat. I really can't. Uh, I is Star Spangled Banner in song or is it a different song? Because I can see it sounding kind of like the way he starts out the Star Spangled Banner. Oh, I don't know. Canal just, it's, damn it. Scenario. The only uh, version I could think of is the Woodstock version. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, that's the one I'm hearing to hear. Like okay. the start. Yeah. I can't think of how it starts. Well, no, because that's. But it don't start with drums, though, do it? No, it's the guitar sound. Yeah, he's like saying that. it's the drum. He it's the, it's the drum. drums. It's the yeah. drums, and I got. Gotcha. Hold on. Hold on. Here we it's go. Called Little Miss oh, Lover. Yeah, Little Miss Lover. There you go. I just found it. Yeah. Little Miss Lover. Doom, 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 doom. Hold on. Hold on. I got it right here. Hold on. Do you hear it now? Yeah. True blue, scoopy doo, whoopy doo. Scenario, radio, baseball, dear boy. Oh, that's so like. That's crazy. One day we could have like a. Like a Dungeon Dragon. Yeah, like they took that fucking. Literally like five seconds and turned that into a song. Nigga, n- don't tell me niggas ain't fucking geniuses, though. Don't tell me hip hop ain't genius, genius, bro. That's how hip hop started, man. Yeah, it, yeah, that, it, it, it took that do, 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 yeah. and turned it into one of the best hip hop tracks songs. of all yeah. time, nigga. <laughs> break beat, man. Break beat. Break beat. Yeah. Break beat, man. That's how it started, bro. And like, like I said, I'm a Jimmy. I'm, I'm not that deep in the Jimmy, but I like Jimmy. I put him on the background where you know clean up the house shit to him. But like they, yeah. they, they, they play that shit on that podcast. I was like, God damn! They took that little yeah. bit of that boom, 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 boom and turned that shit into a song. Anyway, all right, we good. Yeah. All right, the tab's been tabulated. Any caveats out there? Hmm. No, just check on your mental health. Every year, every week, I will remind the folks to go ahead and check on your mental health. Yeah. I will say, gr- great job, ladies and gents. We are an hour under what we were last week. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even realize last week was as long as it was, man, until yeah, yeah, yeah. after the fact. But no, yeah, I think we, we get on here and we That's start talking and we get into some of the... Uh, the the topics and we start breaking down some of it. I mean, it's just like when you at a at a fucking house party and you sitting down chilling with your people. Next thing you know, it's two in the morning. Yeah. Like, oh shit, I gotta fucking yeah. go. I got shit to do in the morning. <laughs> I, I got one caveat though. I got, I got one caveat though. Dog. Yes, sir. From everything we talked about, nigga, I, I'll say this: be fucking consistent. Yeah, be consistent. Yeah. Be consistent in what we are doing. Yes. And intentional. Always. Yep. To Always. the best of your ability. Yep. Always. Um, yeah, man. Good shit. Good shit. Good shit. Good shit. 
Appreciate everybody, man. Uh, shout out to uh, half of the brothers of Doom, Joe Jeff, out there on that road. Safe travels, brother. Um, yes, salute sir. to you traveling down to see your baby. Good luck to her in her competition. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's it. Tabs tabulated. Yes. No caveats. Everyone has said their piece. Mm-hmm. All right. 10 meters. Zeb the soldier. Slim AC. Lady Lavender, as I said, our brother Joe Jeff is in travels. He had to get off the show. I'm the Casey Stork. Triple B podcast. Never, ever, ever miss a moment to break bread with your brothers and sisters. We out. your brothers whenever possible at kroger we believe in higher standards for fresh so we do up to a 27 point inspection on our produce like for oranges we check for scarring and sunburn allowing only the best produce to reach our shelves because when it comes to fresh for everyone we believe the juice is worth the squeeze kroger fresh for everyone get more ways to save at the buy five or more save one dollar each sale Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone.